Grace and Faith Fellowship Fellowship coming to you with our message for this week. We praise God for you tuning in with us and we always encourage you to share these messages. Also, we want to encourage you to, if you want to follow us and follow this ministry, as you follow us, you will, um, these messages will come on your phone or your iPad or whatever, and you can uh, hear us, listen to us um, at any time, you know, it pops up on your phone or your device. And so, but we, we encourage you to follow us if this ministry has been a blessing to you. You can follow us, but we're always excited to come to you and every week with the message, with the word from the Lord. And we just want to continue to uh, speak to you through the word of God. And we pray that we've been a blessing to your life. Um, last week, we started a new series about cultivating the heart of righteousness. Remember the, the series before um, we talked about how righteousness is a gift. It is a gift from God. It is through the finished work of Jesus Christ. He made us righteous. When we got to say our spirit has been made righteous, 100% righteous. But now that we understand that we have been given this gift freely by the finished works of Jesus Christ for what he did on the cross, now we have to cultivate. Now cultivate, this word cultivating is a is a agriculture term or a farmer's term, which means to prepare you know, the ground. In time, a farmer, before he sows seed, he has to prepare it. He has to break it up. And so last week, we talked about how cultivating, now we have to develop um, this righteousness that we've been given. How do I walk in it? How do I, now I know I'm made righteous, but how do I see the righteousness of God in my life? And so this is a process. This takes time. And so, therefore, we have to learn the Bible teaches us. And last week, we started um, talking about four components to cultivating or developing or preparing a heart of righteousness. And the first one we talked about was prepare. How you have to prepare um, your heart for righteousness. Prepare. We dealt with that. We dealt with how to prepare your heart. And understand that we talked about the different types of soil, the 40 types of soil. We, we dealt with that, how one fell on stony ground, how one fell among thorns and how one didn't have enough root that had rocks in it. And then we had the good soil. And so we talked about how what kind of condition is your heart in? OK, what kind of condition? Are, so in order for you to grow in this righteousness, you have to prepare your heart. And we're going to continue on that. I want to really go into deeper about preparing your heart. Um, all right. The, the component prepare. So how do I prepare my heart for righteousness? Because once again, we it's just not enough to say, to believe and to receive and speak it out that your righteousness. That's good. That's part of it. But now I want to look like what the Bible says I am. And so how do I do that? How do I go that? Be able to walk this out. So the Bible called us to be the light of the world. People can see that we are right, that we have been made righteous through the finished work of Jesus Christ. So we're going to start with this particular scripture tonight. I'm going to really go into more deep about preparing. So we're talking about how do I prepare my heart? So that's the first component is to prepare your heart. So how do I do this? And I want to read um, 
Second Chronicles 12 and 14. Second Chronicles, we're reading it from the King James Version. And this is what uh, Second Chronicles 12 and 14 says. And he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. Now listen to that. He did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. Okay. Now, relatively few people are determined to do evil. That's not we we don't wake up in the morning seeking ways to transgress. That's not what we do. Rather, the, they fall into we fall into sin because we have not prepared our hearts to seek the Lord. Okay, so a lot of times we fall into it because you we didn't prepare our hearts or you didn't prepare your heart. That's why. Cause you may be saying, why I keep making the same mistake? Well, maybe because you didn't prepare your, your heart. Okay. Your heart is not prepared. In other words, you haven't prepared the ground. Last week we talked about what's other things that are in your heart that are not of God. And a lot of times these things come in our hearts you know, before you got saved, there was a certain way you thought. There's a certain thing. And sometimes the way that we think comes from the way we grew up, the things, trauma that happened to us, circumstances, situations that we've experienced through our life, you know, they tend to develop our thinking, the way we do things, the way we think about things. And then when we think about things a certain way, we respond a certain way. And when you become saved, now you have to learn how to do things God's way. Excuse me. And so now we're talking about you have to prepare your heart because listen to what it says. It says here, he did evil because he he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. So that let us know here, reading the scripture, that we play a part in this process. So so this passage, when we're talking about Second Chronicles 12 and 14, is speaking of Rehoboam, the king of Israel, who was the grandson of David. He inherited the throne when he was 41 years old and at the death of his father, Solomon. In the beginning of his reign now, his heart was sensitive to the Lord. He turned back from balance simply because a prophet who spoke to him in the name of the Lord. So his real bone, the king of Israel, David's son, excuse me, grandson, and this is Solomon's son, who, when he started out, he started out really good. He was, his heart, it says his heart was sensitive to the Lord. Okay. Okay. But it says, however, his seeking the Lord only lasted for three of the 17 years of his reign. Now think about that. Out of the 17 years that he was king, okay, him seeking the Lord only lasted three years. Now, does that sound familiar? Okay, maybe this fits you. Maybe this fits you that, hey, maybe you started off good. You were seeking the Lord, you know, doing well. You was living, developing this heart of righteousness, but it didn't last. Okay, so thousands of people who generally love God at one time and were excited about the things of God, yet they grew cold and in many cases completely abandoned the Lord. And things that were once so dear to them. Okay, so maybe you feel like it says there are people who 
started out good, loved God at one time, was serious about, excited about the things of God, but has grown cold. So do, do you fit that? Has things of God grown cold in your life? How have you allowed other things to take the place of God? Because, you know, hey, and through sometimes things happen and through a divorce, through a marriage, trouble, somebody dying in your family, grown cold. But, says, but in some cases, people have completely abandoned the things of God. They were so dear to them. Now, you may say, well, how, how can this be? How can this happen? You, maybe you know somebody. Maybe this fits you. You a person who was on fire for God. I mean, love God and was really excited about being in the church, being in ministry, study your Bible every day, had a prayer life. But something happened. But says, but what you may ask, how can this be? Why, why does this happen? It's because they didn't prepare their hearts to seek the Lord. Maybe you didn't prepare your heart to seek the Lord. Okay, so you may be saying, okay, so what does that mean? What does it mean to prepare my heart for God? To prepare, okay, we're talking about cultivating or preparing our heart, a heart of righteousness for God. Okay, so what does this word prepare mean? Okay, here's the definition of prepare. It means to establish. It means to fix, to prepare, or to apply. Think about it. Those definitions I just gave you. It means to establish something, you know, to fix something, to prepare something, to apply something. I love that word fix because remember, I grew up with a song. Maybe you do remember as the song says, my heart is fixed. My mind's made up. When you have a fixed mindset, okay, it is established. It is meaning that nothing is going to change your mind about what you believe about that thing or what you're doing. Okay, so we're talking about pay. It conveys an idea of deliberate effort over a prolonged period of time. So this is deliberate. This doesn't happen. So to prepare your heart, okay, doesn't happen by accident. Okay, when you uh, prepare your heart, when you try, you when you are preparing a heart of righteousness for God, it is deliberate. It is deliberate over a, a long period of time. It's not just some quick. It's over a long period of time. It's the same Hebrew word, Hebrew word that was translated prepare, has also translated fix four times in the Old Testament, all spoken by David. David used this word twice in, in even Psalms 57 and 7, which was a song he wrote about the time he was hiding in, in a cave and saw the king who was trying to kill David came into the exact same cave. So maybe you you read you, you read about this in the Psalms, no, excuse me, in Samuel, where David Saul is trying to kill him because David has been given the throne by God. Saul messed up King Saul. And so God took the throne away from King Saul and gave it to David. And so Saul is trying to kill him. But it says that David used the word, this word uh, prepare in like four times in reference to this incident with King Saul. Okay. So it says David, men tried to get David to kill Saul and seize the throne, which was rightfully his. 
but David wouldn't do it. Why? Wasn't, wasn't Saul trying to kill David? Wouldn't it have been a self-defense? Uh, no one would have blamed him. He could have gotten away with it and saved years of frustration and pain in his own life. But David had already prepared or fixed his heart that he would not take the kingdom by killing Saul. So now think this is interesting. Imagine somebody trying to take your life. Here's what David is. Somebody trying to take your life. You didn't do anything wrong. And David had an opportunity to kill King Saul. He had an opportunity to kill him. He had an opportunity to kill him. And he, even David man said, look, we can just end Saul's life right here and now. We got him where we want him. We can take his life. We can end this. You know, and once again, this would have been David. This has been self-defense because David, King Saul was trying to kill him. But here it says, it says that David fixed his heart, which means that in his heart, he would not take the king. He would not kill Saul, even though he had every right to do it. He would have been, he had a valid reason for killing Saul because Saul was trying to kill him. Now, this is powerful. Think about it. This is pretty strong. Imagine somebody, you know, you may have a right to do something. You may, based on what you've experienced, your actions are correct according to the world standard. Okay. Because the world has a different standard from God. Let me say that. The world has a different standard from God. Okay. And according to the world standard, maybe you're right in doing what you're doing. Maybe what with the world's righteousness, according to the world, you're in line and doing the right thing. But God has the highest standard of righteousness that he's called us to. And in this case, David had every right to take King Saul's life, but he didn't. So it says in his own words, and we read in Psalms 57 and 7, in his own words about this, this instance, this is what David said. He said, my heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. This is what David says in reference to it. He said, my heart is fixed. He says, I'm not going to do it because this is not what you want me to do. This is not your way of getting things done. Okay. So he said, my heart is fixed, oh God. My heart is fixed. He said it twice. I mean, he meant, I believe that when he, you, sometimes when you say something twice, you mean what you're saying. And he said, I was saying, give praise to God. Now, man, he giving praise to God in a, in a bad, in a terrible situation where his life is being threatened. He, somebody's trying to take his life. But he says, you know what? I'm going to praise you, oh God, because I know you say, according to the word, God says, vengeance is his. So if David, if David had not already fixed his heart on what he would or would not do, he would have succumbed to the pressures of that moment. He would have, he, but he had already fixed his heart against taking Saul's life. So part of preparing your heart is this. You have to determine what you would and will not do even before it happens. Now you may be, because a lot of times people say, you know, and I've heard, well, I don't know what I do in that situation. Well, here's what you have to do. You have to read the word of God. When you're preparing your heart, we're talking about preparing. We're talking about the stage of This is the first component. Preparing your heart. How do I do that? I have to make up in my mind 
that when temptation comes, when circumstances happen to me, things come against me, things that are unfair, things that, you know what, catch me off guard. And I have every right to respond in my flesh. And I will be justified in my flesh, just like David here. I have to say, you know what? I'm not going to do it because I'm going to stand on the word of God. I'm going to do it the way God say do it. You can do that. You can know, less like David said here, well, he said, my heart is fixed. I know what I'm going to do before it happens because I've already fixed my heart. I've already prepared my soil of my heart, you know, my mind that, you know what, if something like this happened, I know what I'm going to do because I know what the word says. Now, am I saying this going to be easy? No. I'm not going to say this is going to be easy. Okay. You may you may be in a situation now where hey, you did do the wrong thing. You didn't respond to the word of God. Well, hey, I want you to let you know you can get back up again and do it, start all over again. But you have to prepare your heart. You have to fix up in your mind that you know what? This is what I'm going to do. So you, it can be this way. You, your mind can be fixed. You know, and you, and you know, David, it says it, if David hadn't already fixed his heart, what he would have done, he would have succumbed to the pressure. So you have to determine right now, even things that haven't even happened in your life, as you study and read the word of God and begin to prepare your mind, your heart, okay, and doing the right thing before it even happened, you can say, you know what? I know that God says, I'm going to do what God told me to do regardless of how I feel, how I feel in the situation right now. And you know what? I'm going to tell you, it's going to be tough because every sometimes everything in you, everything in your emotions want to respond the wrong way. And I'm not saying this because I'm perfect at it. I'm better at it, but I'm, I'm still working. This is the process. But I encourage you tonight to begin to fix your heart, to prepare your heart, prepare your mind as to what you're going to do when things come your way. That I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to do it God's way. And this word, it says you can do that. The word fix here means firmly in position. Okay. It means stationary. It means I ain't going nowhere. As I said, the song of uh, Hezekiah Walker said, my heart is fixed, my mind made up. It's a, he said, yes, I'm happy because I'm on the right track. He, he said, the song, my heart is fixed, my mind is made up. So I'm firmly in position, I'm stationary. Otherwise, it also means not subject to change or variation. It means constant. Wow, look at these definitions. Stationary not subject to change or variation. It is constant, which means or consistent. Being consistent at being right. And see, this is what we want to do. Once again, it doesn't mean we don't stumble, but you want to be more, because now that I know that I am the rights of God in Christ Jesus, that I've been made righteous in Jesus. Okay, now I want to walk this out and I want to be consistent in doing the right things according to God's word. I want to be constant. I don't want to be sometimey. I want to be consistent. I want to be better and better as I grow. And that's by what and how do I do that? By preparing my heart 
to do the right thing by preparing my heart that, hey, I'm going to respond in the way that God wants me to respond. It means firmly held in the mind, a fixed notion. This is this is all definition coming from the dictionary. Okay. One of the keys to preparing our heart is to fix our heart on what we will and will not do before we encounter the temptation. This is how you you gotta you gotta make your mind up. This is what I'm gonna do before it even happens. What you will and will not do. It's gotta be. This is how we're talking about preparing our hearts, our minds. Your mind has got to be fixed on. You know what? If this happens, then this is how I'm gonna respond. Now, let me say this: You're not doing this in your own strength, because. Someone may be saying, well, you know what? I tried that. It's not work. Because if you try and do it in your own willpower, David didn't do this in his own strength. Let me say that. It takes the Holy Spirit to help you do this. So what am I saying? So I have fixed my mind. When I pray, I say, okay, God, my mind is fixed to do the things that you call me to do. And God, I know that you've already given me the ability to carry this out. So what it means? You, you are dependent on the supernatural strength of God to give you the ability to forgive somebody who hurts you because you can't do that in the natural. Okay. You can't do it. It's impossible, but I trust that the Holy spirit already, he's already equipped me with everything I need to do it, but you got to cooperate with the Holy spirit. So you got to have a prepared mind. You got to have a fixed mind that you know what, this is what I'm going to do. That if this happened, why? Because the power of the Holy Spirit lives in me. He's given me the ability to do this. So you gotta, you gotta just determine, fix your heart of what you will and will not do before it even happens. David had already settled what he would do so that there were no options left when temptation came. Otherwise, you got to, and I love that. You got to take away the options because Satan is going to give you many other options, many other ways to go about doing things that that takes you away from the will of God, that takes you out of the will of God. Okay, but you got to be like David. Ours, this is the only option that I'm going to choose. Even though I have many, I'm taking away all the options. I'm going to respond like the word of God tells me. Far too often, Christians have made strong, have not made strong enough commitments and therefore succumb to temptation. So you haven't made a strong enough commitment. Okay. Are you committed to doing the things of God? And maybe you are. And I pray right now that you will ask God to help you become committed and doing things his way living the righteous life the way he said do it, doing the right thing, even in the midst of when you're under pressure. Okay, so maybe your commitment is not strong enough. But here's where you ask the Holy Spirit to say, you know what, God, give me the strength. Well, you already given me the strength. Help me to do the right thing, even when I'm under pressure. Even when, there, when, when there's peer pressure or pressure to do things that the world tell me a way of thinking that the world wants me to go help me to stand strong even when i'm by myself 
when nobody agrees with me, but you know what your word says to do this. And so we've got to, you've got to, that's this, this is, we're talking about preparing. This is how you prepare your mind, your heart, so that you can do the right thing that God calls to do in times where there's pressure, you know, and there are things that have you telling you to give in. Of course, no one can accomplish preparing their heart on their own. Okay. This is not a matter of sheer willpower. And I just said that we, we're not talking about you can't accomplish it. Not a matter of sheer willpower. God must be involved in preparing our hearts. Okay. So you got to get God involved in this. Psalms 10 and 17 says the Lord has heard the desires of the humble and thou will prepare their heart. So other words, I said, you, this is not something that you do on your own. This is you and the Holy Spirit coming together to make this commitment and you yielding to him who gives you the ability to do this. Only when we trust in the Lord and depend on him, can we find the strength to make our hearts, hearts not subject to change or variation. So it's about, so here's what we're going back to what? It's about trusting in Jesus. In other words, give me the strength. So when things come, I don't change. I don't change my mind about this. I don't change my mind about my circumstance. I don't change my mind about my marriage, about my spouse, about my, my children, about my finances. Whatever it is, I don't change my mind about it. I'm determined to believe God, whatever the word of God says. I'm not going to go with the flow of the world. Okay. I'm not, even though the world may be saying one thing about sickness, I'm not going to say that. I don't agree. I don't get in agreement with that. My mind is fixed. My mind is made up about, you know, by his stripes, what I am healed. I'm, and you don't back off that, no matter how you feel in your body. Okay. No matter how many symptoms you have, I declare that I am healed by the word of God. You have to stand on that. So humility is an essential ingredient in the preparation of our hearts. So humility, what is humility? Humility is just basically getting in agreement with God, what God says about you, okay? And not getting in agreement. That's what humility is. That's what true humility is. True humility is not um, putting yourself down or saying, you know, how you're unworthy or, you know, I don't have a right into this or, you know what? I don't deserve this. And we all know we don't deserve God, but nobody does. But true humility gets in agreement with God. So you know what? I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. Part, that's part of humility. Humility is saying, declaring your righteousness, that I am righteous of God in Christ Jesus. Why? Because God made me righteous. Not declaring that because you made your own self righteous. Because that's what the word of God says about you. It says you are righteous because of what Jesus did. And so, hey, that's what humility is. Get in agreement with what the Bible says. Okay. And let God say what God says about you. Psalms, I mean, excuse me, Proverbs 16 and 18 says this. It says pride goes before destruction and a haunted spirit before fall. Anytime anyone falls from this steadfast position in the Lord, you can bet that they got out of humility depending on the Lord. Humility has to be forsaken 
or at least neglected before we fall. A humble heart makes a soft, sensitive heart. So anytime you see anybody fall, maybe you fail. You know, you fall in, you know, and because things happen in your life, you fell away from doing the things of God. Well, it tells you what happened because you walked away from humility. You stopped depending on God. You stopped believing in what his word says. And you allowed the culture or your situation or your circumstance to speak to you and tell you what to do versus what the word of God tell you what to do. So as anytime anybody falls from this position is because they got out of humility. Because it says here, humility has to be forsaken or at least neglected before you fall. So either you forsook humility or you neglected it. Okay. And so I encourage you tonight to, to get back in humility and begin to say, okay, God, I humble myself before you. What does that mean? God, I submit myself to your word and to your righteousness and to your standard. And I believe what you said about me. And in believing what, I, what you said about me, I'm, I believe you're going to help me respond in the right way. Okay. Your imagination, your memory also is an important part of preparing your heart. So not only are we talking about the humility, not only are we talking about having your mind fixed, having a fixed mind, but we're talking about also, uh, imagine, remember, also the important part of playing in our, in our heart. So your, imagine, your imagination and your memory. Because David says here in, in 1 Chronicles 29, 18, he says, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people and prepare their hearts unto thee. So now, so listen to this scripture. He says, hey, part of preparing my heart is I got to remember, I got to remember what God did for me, the things he done for me, how he worked at imagination, memories. Okay. Listen to what David said again. Oh, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, our fathers keep this forever in the imagination and the thoughts of thy, the heart of thy people and prepare thy hearts unto thee. So what was David? David was speaking about remembering and the part that imagination plays in our memory. So David said, don't forget about what God had done for you. So part of preparing your heart is remembering what God has done for, for us. In context, in, in this scripture, kind of David had just given offerings toward the building of the temple in Jerusalem. And the the total and that total in billions of dollars. So they was given to this building. The guy told David, you know, he wasn't gonna build the temple, but David was gonna get the money for it. And so he had just given an offering, and this offering added to billions of dollars. Then it says here the elders, the, the elders of Israel did the same thing. It must have been an awesome experience. Then David prayed that the Lord would use the memory of this event to prepare the hearts of the people. So your imagination, don't forget about what God done for you. So the power of memory is vital 
is a vital part of a parent I want heart. The Lord warned the children of Israel not to forget the mighty works he had performed for them lest they turn away from following him. So my question to you tonight is, had you forgot about what God done for you? Have you forgot about how he blessed you? And most important thing, have you forgot about how he saved you? Maybe you he saved you from, from a life of drugs, a life from promiscuity, you know, from tragedy, things that you went through to your childhood that was very traumatic. He delivered you and saved you. Okay. Have you forgot about that? You know, have you forgot about those things? It says, because if you forget about what God has done for you, that's what, this is what happened. You turned away from him. You're going to turn away from him. And he, David links um, memory to staying true to God. So we want to always remember. So how do we talk about preparing a heart? How do I prepare my heart? By having my mind fixed. The moment we talked about having a fixed mind, having mind determined that you know what? Before things even happen, I this is what I'm going to do. Okay, I'm going to do what God says to. You. And number two is my memory. Remembering what God has done allow your memory to connect to what God has done for you. So preparation deals with a fixed mind and a memory to remember what God has done for us. So no, no one who was dominated with thoughts of goodness and faithfulness of the Lord would turn their back on God. To turn from the Lord, Satan has to divert our attention from the Lord and block the memories of God's goodness to us. Keeping our positive memory alive will keep our hearts knit to God. So this is what Satan does. So this is the, this is the trick of the enemy. He diverts our attention from the Lord and he blocks our memories of God's goodness. He says, I'm, I want to block your memory of how good God has been to you. Okay. I want you to forget about how good God's been to you, but I want you to focus on this, this situation that you're in, this situation that you're going through, this situation that's got you all frustrated and and, you know, discombobulated and things are just going crazy in my life right now. You know, financially, I'm struggling. You know, I'm struggling with the things that's going on in the world. I'm fearful. And he will get you distracted. And he will cause. And this is what's going to lead you to not living a life of righteousness. He'll get you focused on what's going on, y'all, how you being un untreated unfair and i've experienced that myself we get caught up with how our boss is not treating us fair he's being unfair and so what you know what therefore you know what when you get caught up with those things now the enemy comes in and begins to speak to you and begins to you begin to listen to him and you find yourself doing the wrong things and this is what the enemy want to do because the enemy want to get you distracted not remember what God did for you and get you going on the wrong path because he definitely don't want you to be successful. He don't want you to be a light and people 
um, become saved because they look at your lifestyle. He doesn't want that. But we have to allow our thoughts of God's goodness and faithfulness to dominate our lives. And when you when you are constantly reminded of how good God is, how faithful he's been to you, you're not going to turn back from the Lord. But just obviously when you allow yourself to be dominated, your thoughts to be dominated by your circumstances, your situation, then you're going to turn from the Lord and you're going to find yourself, you know, going down the wrong way. And so this is component number one. Prepare your hearts for the things of God. Going back to the, 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 the foundation of scripture here. That what he says here, and he did even because he didn't prepare his heart to seek the Lord. Rehoboam, Solomon's son, he didn't prepare his heart. He only lasted for three years. Because hearts were not fixed. His mind was not made up. His mind, as we talked about, the definition wasn't constant. It wasn't fixed. It wasn't prepared. It wasn't established. It was not a mind that was subject, not subject to change. And then he also didn't have an imagination. So these are the two keys to preparing your heart. So the first component we said is we want to prepare our hearts. I think next week I'm going to go into, and we're going to read about the ground. I want to go because we want to really want to, I really want to just drive this home because I think it's key to prepare your heart. Our hearts have to be prepared. So when we begin to sow seed, when the seed of God's word is coming in our heart, it's going to grow. It's going to produce fruit. So this is what we're talking about too. in this thing. We know we've been made righteous by what Jesus gave, but now we want to talk about produce in fruit in our life. Over, which is going to cause us to be successful in this world. We're going to have influence in this world, people. And our goal, one of our goals is to reach the loss that people may be saved. We want people to see the light. So once again, we're talking about prepare your heart tonight. Allow God to prepare your heart. Allow your mind to be fixed and established and allow you to always remember what God has done for it. Get your imagination involved. Your thinking involved. Remembering, being faithful what God has already done for you. And this is the process of preparing our hearts. So let me pray for you tonight. Father God, in the name of you, we thank you for just another opportunity to share your word with your people. I thank you, God, that I am speaking to people who are determined to have a fixed heart for you to prepare their heart to have a fixed mind mind is made up that they have no desire to turn back they have a desire to do the right thing and god i thank you for understanding that we can't do this on our own but i thank you god right now for giving us and those who i'm speaking to the ability to live this righteous holy life god and even when we mess up god that we get right back up and start over again because you are forgiven God and, and you know that we're going to make mistakes, but God, I pray that we will have a, a fix my determination to never quit, but to grow in this righteousness that you have given us through what you did for us. I speak to, and I come against the enemy right now. I thank you, God, that 
you're touching somebody's life right now through your word that God, you are establishing it hard right there, right now in them that they have a made up mind to do your will and to glorify you who lives in heaven. I give you glory and praise. And I thank you in advance of what you're doing in your people right now. In Jesus name, we pray. Amen. Once again, I thank you for listening. We're going to come back next week and continue to talk about preparing our hearts. Because we want to, next week, I want to look at Matthew's chapter 13 as we, we did look at that for a moment last week. But I just want to go into um, the grounds and what's in those grounds. And, wanna, and Jesus gives the explanation of each ground, what's going on in those grounds. So we're going to talk about that, ne that next week. And we begin to find out what's going on, talking about preparing those grounds, what's in those grounds, and how do we get it out. And so once again, we'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening, and bye-bye.